Afghanistan, Algeria, Armenia, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Kurdistan, Lebanon, Pakistan, Palestine, Syria, Turkey, Jordan. Welcome to Region Radio, a weekly review of politics and culture, bringing you the voices of the voiceless from Kolkata to Casablanca, here on KPFK 90.7 in Los Angeles, as well as streaming worldwide on kpfk.org. My name is David Lloyd, and I'm a member of the South Asia, West Asia, and Northern Africa, or SWANA Collective, that brings you your weekly half hour of SWANA Region Radio. Today, I'm joined by fellow collective members Nima Ardalan and Hamoud Salhi, and by our new collective member, Milan Ardalan. Welcome to the show, Nima and Hamoud and Milan. Thank you. Today, Swana Region Radio will be doing a one-hour call-in show thanks to our friends at Sister Show Middle East in Focus. During the show, we invite you, our listeners, to call in to our station, Pacifica's KPFK 90.7 in Los Angeles on 818-985-5735 to give us your comments and feedback on our work and our broadcasts live on air with us. Please press option 1 to go on air with us. But we also invite your donations during KPFK's ongoing fund drive. Please call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK during our show and press option 2 to make your donation. Or you can donate at any time at our website, kpfk.org. Once again, KPFK is holding an urgent fund drive hoping to overcome a serious and ongoing financial crisis that affects the whole Pacifica network of independent broadcasting stations. Since the financial crisis of 2008 and with a smaller listener base due largely to the rise of social media, it's proven ever harder to raise the money needed to sustain an independent radio station that depends entirely on listeners like you to support its invaluable work. Though increasingly people are tending to get their news via social media platforms, that only increases the unique value of broadcast radio. Unlike the self-selecting silos of Twitter or Facebook, KPFK's signal, which covers almost all of Southern California, can reach a broad and diverse audience and not merely the already converted. So like the whole Pacifica network of independent and people-powered stations, Swana Region Radios seek to bring you the perspectives of activists, scholars, journalists, and others whom mainstream media will never or only rarely host. We bring you weekly fact-based analysis and insight about South and West Asia and Northern Africa that you're really unlikely to hear elsewhere. Today, if you can donate $75 or more in our fund drive, KPFK and Swana Region Radio will send you a copy of the incarcerated Egyptian revolutionary activist and essayist Allah Abdel Fattah's brilliant collection of essays, You've Not Been Defeated. We discuss this book and Allah's political imprisonment right here on Swana Region Radio in May 2022. So please... Consider donating today, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, and uh, donate whatever you can. Even a small amount helps us get through this difficult financial period time, at a time when we could not be more valuable to our listeners here. Now, even as Israel has begun to intensify its already horrific bombardment of Gaza and increase the number of airstrikes in preparation for a long-awaited and dreaded ground invasion, the need for independent media voices could not be more urgent. 
Mainstream media and even the White House have been parroting and amplifying Israeli propaganda, erasing Palestinian lives and deaths, ignoring the 75-year history of Palestine's ongoing Nakba, Israel's apartheid regime and its violent project of ethnic cleansing, dispossession and settler colonialism. But without that context, the current phase of Israel's violent war on Palestine cannot be understood. But all that CNN or MSNBC can do most of the time is ask their few Palestinian guests to condemn Palestinian violence as their ticket to utter a few soundbites. As listeners know, unlike the mainstream media, Swana Region Radio has for over 20 years consistently brought the news from Palestine, among so many other places in the vast region we cover. We regularly bring you Palestinian voices and views from Gaza, occupied East Jerusalem, the West Bank, 48 Palestine, and the Palestinian diaspora. And we've also covered the Palestine solidarity struggle in this country. Today, throughout this Fun Drive show, we'll also bring you the recorded voices of Palestinians expressing points of view that have been largely ignored by the mainstream media. Despite the fact that we must urgently fundraise to keep this show and this station on the air, we cannot forget or ignore the massacre unfolding in Gaza right now. So please donate to us, keep this station on the air, keep Swana Region Radio on the air at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, pressing option two to donate. If you want to talk to us, donate first and then Call back, press option one, and our lines are open for your comments and your ideas and maybe some suggestions for shows that you'd like to hear us do. Although we're in fun drive, Swana Region Radio remains committed to bringing you the voices of Palestinians. And today and throughout this fun drive show, we'll also bring you the recorded voices of Palestinians expressing points of view that have largely been ignored by the mainstream media. Let's begin with the voice of Ahmed Issa, a writer who, as he relates here, decided to return to stay in Gaza rather than remain where he could have remained in the United Kingdom. Most recently, he was the social media manager for the literary festival Palestine Rights in Philadelphia that we covered in September. Hello, world. I am Ahmed Issa from the occupied Palestine. I live in the Gaza Strip. I am married and I have two children, Bassam five years old and Adam two years old. And now I am 30 years old. My family has lived in Gaza since 1948 as a result of the forcible displacement of my grandparents from their hometown Ashdod. All my life I have dreams of returning to my homeland. In 2020, I secured the Chevening Award funded by the UK government to study master's degree in marketing and strategy at Warwick Business School, which is considered one of the top universities in the world. In 2022, after I completed my master's, I returned to Palestine to work as a communication coordinator for with G-Gateway which is a social enterprise that aims at assisting unemployed youth and helping them earn a decent income to support themselves and their families, which is a meaningful and purposeful mission that aligned with my core values. That's why I returned back, even though I had the chance to stay and work in the UK. 
my people have suffered in Gaza for the past 17 years with high unemployment rate, lack of hope, and basic human needs such as water and electricity, and consistent assaults by Israeli war plans and military drones, which targets anything, anytime. This is a young population full of energy, but no opportunities to grow or flourish. This has resulted in an explosion towards the occupier. What did they expect from people living under such circumstances? I believe what has happened on October 7th is the result of years of the Israeli brutal occupation that suffocated and besieged people for so long. What do they expect? I have been privileged to travel to the US to attend Palestine Literature Festival by Eretz Crossing. It was not easy to get a permission to travel, but I was lucky, because most of my people are denied access to travel. On my way out of Gaza, and for the first time in my life, so my Palestine, I experienced the fresh air looking for signs of my our villages and greenery places where we all lived in peace. I kept wondering how so many settlers are living in peace with high human conditions as if they were living in Europe on our land compared to my life in Gaza, which is just a few meters away, are living under brutal and inhumane circumstances. How is that possible? Don't the settlers living on the other side know about the people sufferings in Gaza? They are talking about displacing us to Egypt, but I ever leave Gaza. I have several experiences being outside of Gaza, but I have never felt that I belong anywhere else. If we were to die, we prefer to, to die here in Gaza. All my family members have agreed that we are staying together and we will not leave. We have suffered a lot. We have suffered everything. We are resilient and we can endure everything. And we will never ever leave, even if they want to kill us. As the says goes, we prefer to die standing than to give up our land. We, the Palestinian people, are going to persevere and stay in our country, no matter what. We will keep existing on this land as I believe our existence is resistance. So many friends of mine have tried to convince me to stay in the UK, but I felt if I stay, I will vanish. My identity will vanish. I know that I will have many benefits and privileges if I left but my impact and connection to Palestine will be vanished. That's why I returned to work with G-Gateway to help Palestinian youth improve themselves and their skills to work with international clients as software developers and digital marketeers. Being here, feeling the suffering and enduring it with my people is far more satisfying and fulfilling to me than being outside and not being connected. In conclusion, we are the people who have the truth in our side. We are facing barbaric and brutal occupation and witness the killing of children and innocent civilians at night while, while they are sleeping. 
This is the Israeli strategy in all of their major aggressions in 2008, 2014, 2021, and now. So, if you are feeling sorry about what you have seen recently, please take a closer look at all the pictures and the videos coming from Gaza to compare and contrast between our resistance fighters and the brutal occupier. And I know you will not because the mainstream media will not show you anything from our part But only if you have heart you will look and find the truth You will be able to judge for yourself as a Palestinian and speaking on behalf of all of my fellow Palestinians We hope to live in peace and we condemn any act of killing civilians on both sides we condemn all act of violence all the time in all cases but there is a saying in Quran that Allah gave the permission for those who are oppressed to end their occupation by all means this is also legal by the international laws and resolutions such as UN General Assembly resolution 3743 passed in 1982 which reaffirms the legitimacy of the string struggle of people for independence, territorial integrity, national unity and liberation from colonial and foreign domination and foreign occupation by all available means, including armed Palestine. Yours, and I quote, uh, inhuman and human animal, Ahmed. with us from Gaza here on Swana Region Radio. If over the year you've enjoyed our programming and learnt new things from it, please consider donating now to KPFK's ongoing pledge drive at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, pressing option 2 in order to get to the donation line. If you want to speak to us on air, please press option one. And we're going to go now to a couple of listeners who've called in. Let's start. Uh, hello, Carlos from Carson. Yes, good afternoon. Hi, Carlos, you're on air. Yes, good afternoon. Great program. Thank you. Uh, listen, I uh, let me ask a question, a general question. How okay. is it that the 17 intelligence agencies comprising the intelligence network of the United States the British MI6 intelligence, Israeli Mossad, and other Israeli intelligence networks were not able to decipher that there was a very elaborate, well-organized um, venture to venture into Israel, an attack. I mean, they knew, but they allowed it to happen on purpose. Why? Because they knew that if they presented presented the whole thing as an attack by the so-called barbaric Arabs, then they would be justified in exerting and using their much greater weapons to destroy Gaza and exterminate the Palestinians, which is what their, their long-term agenda has been, to displace all these people and gradually take over those sections that are vacated. You know, the same thing Thank you, Car Thank you Carlos. That's, that's a very interesting comment. Um, 
we don't know yet exactly what kind of intelligence failure there was. Uh, it's clear, certainly, that the Israeli Southern Command was completely taken unawares by this, whether that's because they were not informed, maybe, uh, whether it's because, in fact, uh, Israelis had been lulled into thinking that Hamas was now cooperating and beginning to look a bit more like the, the uh, Palestine Authority, collaborating with Israel, being, as it were, a security franchise for it. We don't know. They didn't participate in the 2021 uh, attack uh, that was uh, mostly directed by Israel at uh, Islamic Jihad. But, uh, Hamoud, I don't know if you have any comments on, on Carlos's question about about why the intelligence failure and why why Israel was caught napping and whether it was perhaps deliberately uh, ignored the intelligence they were receiving about Hamas potentially being about to conduct an operation? Uh, I could tell you from uh, what uh, the Arab press uh, and uh, commentators, including intellectuals, professor, expert, uh, they all talk about uh, the sophistication of Hamas's uh, operations and growth, uh, learning from past experiences. Uh, the conspiracy theory have yet uh, to see it. Uh, I know. Uh, there, there are some accounts out there, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's now being presented as a, a matter of uh, Hamas outsmarting the Israelis. Well, thank you, Hamoud. And, and certainly, Carlos, I can tell you that uh, Swana Region Radio will be covering the uh, Gaza and the Israeli ongoing assault on Gaza, but we'll also be covering in future shows whatever we learn through investigations that may take place or through any kind of leaks that we receive, uh, what has been happening there. So thank you for calling in. Uh, let's turn to Edward from Long Beach and hear what you have to say, Edward. Yes, sir. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. You're on air. Okay. Yes. I, first off, I want to say thank, thanks, Wana Region Radio, for each week providing excellent news and coverage also middle east and focus uh, both programs unfortunately are limited to only a half hour and in times like this if either program wants an hour the kpfk should ex expand the, the the public affairs uh to go to three o'clock because well, why should we be relegated to just uh, hours and hours of music after two o'clock so i think kpfk and the lsb and michael Novick need to consider expanding this. Uh, when you want extra time, expand it to three o'clock. That's number one. Number two, a Ralph Nader radio hour preceding your program. The interview with Dr. Jim Zogby of Arab American Institute was very informative. So if anybody missed that, I hope they'll go and listen to it. And Democracy Now! has done an excellent job uh, each day, weekday on, on this issue. And I want to encourage you also to have a program on the USS Liberty. Uh, you may have had some in the past, but do another one. And those are my brief comments. And just to say that the Palestinian people does, uh, are not animals. They have, they deserve the right to exist just as all human beings do. And they have the right to exist in peace and tranquility. I'd also like to bring your attention to Albert Einstein wrote a letter in, in April, uh, around April 10th, 1948, uh, condemning uh, what the Jewish terrorists were doing. If you do not have a copy of that letter, it's posted at dariasin.org. That's the village that was massacred uh, the day before he wrote that letter in April of 1948, D-E-I-R 
Y-A-S-S-I-N.org, dareyasin.org. The village was massacred along with, I think, one or two other villages. And then the Jewish terrorists told, told the other 400 and some villages, if you don't if you don't get out of here, we're going to do to you what we did to Darius. That's, that's right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Edward, for, for that link. Um, we have, of course, frequently covered the massacres that took place in the Nakba, and I believe have covered USS Liberty before. But I think at a time like this, it's certainly one of the roles that we want to play to remind people that what is happening now is actually part of the ongoing Nakba that Israel has been conducting, not just now in clearing northern Gaza uh, of its population, or at least attempting to, but also on a daily basis in the dispossession and destruction of Palestinian homes and so forth. But I want to thank you, Edward, for, for your endorsement of this show. We are great fans here of Chuck Foster's reggae show, but you know, we also love the idea of actually getting a an hour. Um, and hopefully, listening as other listeners may be to these call-ins, you'll see what thoughtful and valuable listeners we have. And also, we'll consider donating to Swana Region Radio and the station, kpfk.org, at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you want to come on air, call that number and press option one. If you want to donate, and I hope you do want to donate to us now, please call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK and press option two. But if you want to be on air with us, press option one. Thank you. We mentioned the ethnic cleansing um, of, of northern Palestine, which of course raises the whole question as to where Egypt stands since the destination of that ethnic cleansing would in the first place be to the Sinai Desert. So I want to turn to Hamoud Sali now. Hamoud is, of course, as you all know, our expert on the Arab media and regularly gives us updates on what's been said in their press rather than in the Western mainstream press. So Hamoud, can you tell us what's being said about the Israeli assault on Gaza in the Arab press now? Uh, thank you, David. Uh, so uh, let's take it uh, very methodologically and look at uh, a sample of one, uh, what are uh, the headlines or what's the focus of the media in countries where United States, uh, where Israel has established what, she, what it calls normalization of uh, relations. Uh, that is Bahrain, Morocco, United Arab Emirates, Sudan, and I think I'm missing one more country. Uh, <clears throat> we, we leave it at that. Uh, the media there, uh, there is, number one, no reference uh, to Israel whatsoever, meaning that uh, there is no stop of, of, of uh, uh, escalation of the of this war uh, and of any kind of uh, uh, there is no support for any Palestinians. Uh, but on the Sunday, uh, most focus has been on humanitarian uh, support. So Gulf News uh, published in Dubai, one, uh, if not the leading newspaper in the Gulf region in the, uh, uh, in the English language, uh, has uh, two articles which reflect what it has been reporting. Uh, one is about uh, uh, charitable uh, uh, donations uh, that are organized in the Emirates of Sharjah 
By the way, Sharjah is the most progressive uh, Emirates in the United Arab Emirates. Its ruler, uh, Al-Qasimi, is known for its uh, for his position on Palestine. This is before the normalization. He is known to have hosted a, a lot of intellectuals, and Sharjah liked to present itself as the intellectual capital of the United Arab Emirates. Uh, the ruler, Al-Qasimi, is a PhD of history uh, from uh, England. So there is a bit of history there. But what's interesting there is that even in that Emirates, uh, the, the message has been on humanitarian aid. There is a very interesting opinion piece. Uh, it, it talks about what come very, very close to ethnic cleansing or uh, assault on the Palestinians. But it talks about how the media has sort of complicated uh, Israel's uh, actions in this crisis or even a resolution to the crisis. And it's a series, it's an article that is very descriptive, talking about the European treatment of the Jews and then somehow somewhere that linked it to what's happening in post-1948. No reference to any sort of the current thing. Another example, which is the opposite. Uh, uh, this is comes from Algeria. Algeria is very, very active. It has been uh, very vocal in its stand uh, with, with the Palestinian. And uh, the uh, president uh, is known for taking strong positions against Israel. And uh, the Palestinians have noticed, the Arab world have noticed, and they, they value the Algerian uh, position. So you would think that Algeria would be leading in uh, in this endeavor condemning Israel and so on and so forth. In, in general, uh, there are interviews, uh, the programs, uh, the two major stations, uh, I'm sorry, the two means of uh, connecting to the public, radio and television, they all have special programs. But the demonstrations have been sort of uh, 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 controlled. And in addition, uh, the, the, the press uh, uh, focuses on what Algeria is doing. And Algeria has decided to cancel, in solidarity with the, with the Palestinian, the November 1st festivities. This is when the Algerian Revolution started in 1954. It's a day that is very, very well celebrated. It, it, it is one of the best holidays in Algeria for its uh, historical value. Now, you would think that this is a solidarity, but one wonder if canceling the events have to do anything with uh, worries uh, that demonstration may be out of hand. So far, we had only a few demonstrations. So that's what, what the, 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 the printed press is, is, is out there. And it's similar all over the Middle East. That's really interesting. So, <clears throat> But that's the printed press. Mm -hmm. What about cable news? What about TV news? Is that any different? Or, or it's is it a the huge, same block? On, on It's a huge, huge difference. And, and, and that where we have to sort of see the difference in narratives. Like, for example, there are reports on Al Jazeera, which re reports on a daily, by the hour, by the minute, uh, the events. They have correspondents all over, and uh, they do report it very, very clearly. And uh, very courageous uh, journalists who are there, uh, so they are very, very good. Uh, uh, stories there, uh, pictures are are are, are uh, uh, you can see them. Uh, just to give an example uh, to tell you how valuable how valuable is. 
organization, they are sort of uh, seeing an impact, doing a lot of work on that. So uh, story, another uh, story that is common these days is uh, children writing their names uh, in ink uh, on their hands so that when they are attacked, uh, they, they, when, they are, when they die, uh, uh, the, uh, people know their names. Uh, so Al Jazeera is very, very important. Uh, Al Mayadeen is another uh, television cable news. It has analytical professors, also reports from the, uh, the ground. So it's very, very reported, and it's the, the opposite of the narrative. So we'll see bodies, we see uh, uh, this plan of ethnic cleansing, we see the American uh, role in this. All of this uh, project the idea uh, that uh, the Arab world uh, is listening and the message they are getting is far different from what uh, it's happening. Just a last point. And Mayadeen has a, a daily show. It's all about the social media where they have uh, someone who reports for two hours about what's happening in social media with a critical analysis, with, uh, with the statistics, with uh, uh, evidence showing how the media, the Western media is portrayed with this. And then, so, so you have a, a different kind of uh, uh, reporting. Let, let me just ask you, what, what was the, this is the Lebanese site? Uh, it's the Liban, it's called Al Mayadeen. Al Mayadeen. Yeah. So. You, you get a warning when you go there that this is not secured. So, but just go ahead and click and, and maybe you do Al Mayadeen live. Al Mayadeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's in Arabic, but it's also having English. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Hamoud. That was a really useful roundup of the, the Arab media. We're going to go to a break shortly. Let me just uh, give some feedback to Edward, who called in a little bit before. We don't have feedback to Edward, who called in a little bit before. We don't have a, uh, a copy of the Albert Einstein remarks on Der Yassin and other massacres committed in the Nakba of 1948. But we will definitely come back to that in, in, in future shows. Um, we're going to take a brief break now um, and then be right back. Um. So, so I send my, uh, my spoiler name. to my part of the world, yeah. There, there, yeah. Asking for your donations during this KPFK fund drive. We seriously need your support to keep this show and this station on the air. So please, as our show continues for the next half hour, please call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you wish to donate, please press option 2. We are also holding in this hour that we have a call-in option for you, and if you wish to call in li and be on air live with us and give us your comments, please call the same number, 818-985-5735, and press option 1. We do actually have a caller on the line. I think it's G from Glendale. To my point, uh, just for future reference, the okay. caller that you had on, Carlos from Carson, He's not a regular caller. He's this generation's probably the third best uh, caller to talk radio. I'm talking worldwide. After Jimmy from Brooklyn and another guy from the city from New York, Carlos is real deep. 
He knows a lot about the Illuminati, and you should just let him talk because he's the only uh, small. The only problem with him is he's a right wing conservative, but he's he knows a lot, so you should just let him talk. As for uh, my phone call, I'm from the Islamic Republic of Iran. Been here since '71. Never lived in America. Never met an American. I'm on stolen land, Turtle Island. Um, just a few things. I've talked to Mr. Michael Novick a few times. I'm trying to get down there and meet him in person. One of the things I want to tell him is. Unfortunately, we can't have all live shows like you guys, but the ones that are live, just like you guys started doing it a few weeks ago and Mitch Jezrich started doing it, getting callers is a great thing. That, you know, the interaction with the, you know, it's great that you guys have great shows, but now that you're taking callers, and I hope it continues, it's very good. Another thing I was going to tell Mr. Michael Novick, up to a few months ago, I was real happy with you guys, but a little, the past few months, a little things, but I was going to tell him, your show is better than middle, so-called Middle Eastern Focus. Why? Because I hear you talk a lot more than they do about indigenous people and black people and tying us all in together. Like I told Mr. Novick, having an indigenous show or 10 or black show or 10 or Middle East, Muslim, whatever, that's not being a human being or progressive. We're all human beings. So like uh, Miss Tataniza, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Thursday mornings at 8, she does a a show from a black perspective but if um, there's a fire in hawaii all hands on deck she stops talking about what she talks about and she just brings on indigenous people she brought on a gentleman and a white a lady and they talked about you know the college what happened in hawaii and the colonization and all that stuff so you know it's great that you guys come from that point of view but another, you know, but we when something happens big like this thing with the, you know, the Palestine or the whole uh, thing Hawaii, any kind of show that we have on, whether it's a Mexican show or whatever, they should just stop and just focus on that and get off the thing. That's what's called a being a human being. I know, but a few things I just want to great show that you guys have, better than Middle Eastern Focus, so called. But they got a good show too. But one or two things I have a issue with. I'm not here to make America or England, so-called America, or England or France or Europe or Canada, so-called Australia, New Zealand, or so-called Israel better. I'd like to see these empires overthrown. And when you guys, uh, you know, you guys talking about, you know, talking bad about the, I know the government of Iran, this, that, and the other thing, but government of Iran or China or Russia, you guys, I don't believe that we should be talking about these governments. Just, I think we should, you should just focus on the West. These are the people that have been colonizing for thousands gee, of years. Gee, sorry, should, you know, uh, you, you've, had a, you've had a good time to comment, and we are in a fundraising show, and we really need to get back to that. But thank you so much for your comments. Um, I do want to say that, that we are trying to do call-in shows. We have a bit of a double bind here because we are only a half-hour show most weeks, and that doesn't give us very much time to cover the news um, and also have listeners' comments. We get about when it comes down to it, we get about 25 minutes for our interview, for, for introducing our guest and so forth. So thank you, G. Um, I'm glad you support this program and I'm glad you support this station. We will, of course, continue our quite frequent programming in which we um, bring on indigenous people to talk about the relationship between indigenous struggles in the Americas and the indigenous struggle of the Palestinian people and other indigenous peoples in, in the region that we serve on this show every single week here on Swana Region Radio. We are in pledge drive, and I'm afraid that means we have to keep our, our listeners' comments quite short today, but our uh, 
in our phone number is 818-985-5735. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you calling in, but frankly, even more right now, we'd love to hear from you donating because this show, if it will stay on the air, will only stay on the air because of your donations that keep the station alive. And as we know, there has never been a more important moment to have independent radio as the media gets increasingly saturated by single kinds of narrative from the narratives of the powerful rather than the narratives of the voices of the voiceless that, that we try to bring on to you every single week. So that's 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Please call now and donate whatever you can to this station and to the show, Swana Region Radio. So I just wanted to mention last year, Swana Region Radio interviewed Mossab Abu Toha, a writer and poet and founder of the Edward Said Library in Gaza, about his new collection, Things You May Find Hidden in My Ear, a beautiful book of poems. We were unfortunately unable to reach him in Gaza in time for the show, where he has been displaced from his family home by the Israeli ethnic cleansing that you've heard us mention, the moving of 1.1 million people in Gaza from the north to the south, where they have no shelter, where they continue to be bombed, including convoys of migrants moving south, have been bombed by, by Israelis. So... Uh, Instead of hearing his voice, which we hope we will be able to do in future shows, because we're going to keep covering Gaza over the next weeks until the, the, the vicious war ends, but we'll read the opening of his October 20th essay in The New Yorker, The View from My Window in Gaza. It's Thursday, October 12th, and half sheets of paper are falling from the sky in Betlehia, the city in northern Gaza where my family's house is. Each sheet is printed with an Israeli military emblem along with a warning. Stay away from Hamas military sites and militants and leave your homes immediately. When I go downstairs, I find my parents and siblings packing their bags. Local schools, many of them run by the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East, are already crowded with displaced families. But my uncle has called my mother to say we can stay with his wife's family in Jabalia Camp, the largest of Gaza's refugee settlements and home to tens of thousands of people. My wife, sister-in-law, mother, sisters and children travel to the camp by car. My older brother, brother-in-law and I ride our bicycles. On the road we see dozens of families walking with whatever they can carry. Israel will soon tell more than a million residents of northern Gaza to evacuate immediately, an order that the UN calls impossible. That night, around 8.30, a blast lights up the apartment where we've taken refuge. Dust fills every corner of the room. I hear screams as loud as the explosion. I go outside, but I can hardly walk because the lanes are filled with stone and rebar. My brother-in-law's car, about 50 meters away, is on fire. Nearby, a house is burning. On the second floor, which no longer has any walls, I can see an injured woman hanging over the edge of the building, holding a motionless child. That's just the opening paragraphs of Mossa 
Abu Toha's extraordinary essay that you can find in the New Yorker. Uh, it's called The View from My Window in Gaza. Just Google it. It was published on October the 20th, but unfortunately, we've been unable to uh, to hear from him. Mossab is the kind of voice we try to bring you every week here on Swana Region Radio. And uh, I just want to encourage you to keep our show and shows like it on KPFK on the air by calling to donate at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, and pressing option 2 to donate. We are taking callers today, and we have one um, coming up now. Um, we have a caller on the line, please, Nima. Hello? Fred, you're on the air. Please let us hear yeah, what you uh, have to say. <coughs> well, thank you very much for taking uh, callers. <coughs> I agree with that one caller. Can you hear me okay? I can indeed. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, the one caller who said that uh, having people call in is really great. They had a, a person by the name of Garland Nixon who would do that. And I think that kind of gives uh, the station uh, a better idea of who the listeners are. Uh, my uh, grandparents are from Lebanon, Syria, and Palestine, uh, from Jerusalem and Bejala, which is right next to Bethlehem. I went uh, 50 years ago. I, I taught at the AUB briefly in 74. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, the uh, land uh, that my family had in Palestine, uh, I picked the figs one morning. Uh, right outside their their home, they had an orchard. That whole thing was taken over. It was stolen by the Israeli government to build a settlement. And this has been going on, uh, you know, all uh, for so many uh, for so long. The the idea that uh, for 16 years, um, the great uh, journalist Jonathan Cook uh, wrote a uh, an article for the Americans uh, for Middle East Understanding, uh, the link. Uh, and called uninhabitable. This was in uh, August, September of 2019, and he and he, you know, lived in Nazareth for a long time with his Palestinian wife. Now I think he went back to England, but he said that uh, uh, if genocide is not acceptable uh, and apartheid no longer sustainable, that leaves that leaves Israel and the U.S. with only one alternative: another major episode of ethnic cleansing. And this, this, this he wrote in uh, 2019, uh, September. Uh, but the the reason why all of this keeps happening to Palestinians is because people have ignored <coughs> the 16 years of uh, what uh, uh, is uh, uh, meets the legal legal definition of genocide uh, to in Gaza. You know, with a few hours of electricity, the water is not potable. And the uh, the ongoing destruction, leveling it, you know, five major assaults, I mean, including the Great March of Return. And when t the whole world turns a blind eye to to that reality of uh, genocide, 
then Israel can get away with anything. Thank you, and, Fred. And this is what you're putting your finger on here is exactly what here at Swanner Region Radio we are trying to intervene in, which is the extraordinary censorship and silence that, that has met the plight of Palestinians, not just in the current Israeli war, but over 75 years. And we intend to keep, uh, keep doing that. Uh, and in order to do so, we desperately need our listeners' support financially as well as rhetorically, verbally. We appreciate your support, but please, our listeners can donate even in the smallest amount. It all helps. If you donate $75 or more, we'll also give you Allah Abdel Fattah, the great intellectual from Egypt currently in a political prison under under uh, President Sisi, his extraordinary book, You Have Not Yet Been Defeated. We don't think we have yet been defeated, but we really need to see you donate if we are not going to be defeated and put off air. Milan, yeah. over to you. Yeah, uh, once again, the number for donation is 818-985-5735, and you're going to push option two. And if you want to call in, that is 818-985-5735 with option one. Once again, that number is 818-985-KPFK. Now, more than ever, in the face of what's going on, we need shows like this in order to get news and unbiased information. It's important for this station to be on air. It's important for our program to be on air, and that's not possible without your support. Once again, that number is 818-985-5735, option two. Thanks so much, Milana. I want to turn now in the little while we have left for the show to another Palestinian voice recorded last night in occupied East Jerusalem this time. Regular listeners will know well the urgent and moral voice of Nadara Shalhub Kavorkian, Palestinian feminist, health worker, and Lawrence D. Biela chair in law at the Hebrew University. We've had her on many times on this show to bear witness to what's actually happening under Israeli apartheid in occupied East Jerusalem and beyond. And she recorded the statement you're about to hear from occupied East Jerusalem this morning. My name is Nadira Shalhut Kavorkian. I'm speaking to you from the old city of occupied East Jerusalem. And I want to tell you and talk to you and share about the collective punishment, the mass displacement and the genocide in real time that is happening today in Gaza, supported by Western capitals. I want to tell you about the hardship of explaining to a child and how can I explain to a child the attacks, the fact that he is not, she is not safe at home, at school, in the hospital, in the market, with loved ones. The attack on Palestinians in Gaza as the attack that is, you know, part and the product of the Nakba is part of an ongoing settler colonial attack on Palestinians but it feels like not an, any other attack. This unseen that, uh, that we see bodies of Palestinians where people literally have no place to go, forced displacement attacks, killing a clearly a genocide war. But I want to center the voices of the children. I want to center the voices of those facing the genocide and state violence 
uh, it's it's rhetoric, it's actions, it's global and local political complicity with it. Yeah. So I want you to think about Haya. Haya is a child from Gaza who made sure to write her will and to divide her 40 shekels, which is around 11, 10, 10, 11 dollars between her mom, between her friends, writing a will, a child writing a will, knowing that it, she will end up being killed by the Israeli machinery and the continuous colonial uh, condition and violence is is what I want you to keep in mind. I want you to keep in mind the voice of a mother that all of a sudden discovered that her kids are not around her. And she started screaming, and I'm quoting, where are the kids? Someone tell me, please, where are the kids? Enough, enough people. The kids died without eating. So I want you really to remember those voices and to remember that what we are seeing is really in the gun to body. It's on the mundane, on the day-to-day suffering, with no hope, with no right, with no ability to plan, to think about the future, with forced expulsion, with children's death, where Israel clearly stated that the emphasis is on the damage, not the accuracy, so they don't care who are they killing and what are they doing. Yeah, And I want you to remember that in Gaza, and in Gaza alone, about two-thirds of the population are refugees, those that were displaced in 1948, yeah? And, and over 50% are children, yeah? And today, Israel is telling us clearly that it's using over 6,000 bombs in the first six days of the conflict, yeah? In the first six days of the war, more than the U.S. have used in a year during its operation in Afghanistan, and double of what the U.S.-led coalition used against Islamic State in Iraq and Syria in a month. Yeah. And thank you for those words. Um, once again, I would like to just mention our program would not be possible without support. Once again, that number to donate is 818-985-5735. It is option one to call in and option two to donate, which we really need right now. We need your support. We need you to show up for KPFK. If you value our programs, if you value the the radio that we put on the air, it's important that you call us and donate at 818-985-5735. Milan, thank you for that. I, I just wanted to ask you very quickly uh, what you've been observing among younger people, students and, and young activists and so forth that, that you know. Are they facing a lot of repression and censorship as, as we're beginning to hear? You know, I there's two answers to this. The number one is that I'm very pleasantly surprised that it's become such a widespread movement among young people. There's a lot of protests. There's a lot of support demonstrations for this issue, but those things are not being covered by mainstream media. You don't see, you don't see major publications showing that this support is there. It's almost like it's not, it's not important enough for them to cover. But young people are aware of this issue. They do care about it. And then the other answer to that is I've seen other young people who I would consider leftists. They're having some issue grappling with this part of them. They 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 want to support Palestine, but in their mind, like 
they, whatever biases they've received, they believe that they can't do it without somehow condemning Hamas, which is just this, like you mentioned earlier, with mainstream news outlets inviting Palestinians on, but forcing them to always condemn Hamas and using those clips exclusively. It's this sort of double-edged sword. These people who are platformed as activists, at least in my circles, are trying to raise awareness, but it's just this issue with infighting is among young people. Well, thank you. Thank you, Milan. We are aware that um, we have uh, faced, many of us in this very room and, of course, across the country, an extraordinary work of propaganda by Zionist supporters of Israel to intimidate and threaten, and at least in one case that we know of for sure, the Hilton Hotel in Houston, Texas, cancel the long-planned conference of the U.S. campaign for Palestinian rights, claiming they'd been pressured to do so by Zionist activists. So I just wanted to play quickly a very valuable uh, short recording of advice from Zoha Khalili, staff attorney with Palestine Legal, another group that we have covered in the past, to offer our listeners some words of advice of how to deal with any intimidation or antagonism that you meet uh, from your institution, your job, your employer, whoever it may be. Over the past two weeks, Palestine Legal has seen a surge in requests for legal support. They've come from Palestine solidarity activists and from everyday people from across the country who are facing backlash or want to know their right to speak out about the atrocities that are unfolding in Gaza. We've never seen anything like this. The Israeli government is engaging in war crimes live on television, and to give it cover, bullies from across the United States and around the world, from anonymous online trolls to the governor of Texas, are out in force trying to scare people away from talking about what's happening. We've heard from people who have had their names and personal information posted across the internet for simply holding up a sign at a rally that says Free Palestine. People who have received threats of deportation, sexual assault, and death threats for questioning the disinformation that has been spread by the Israeli government and unquestioningly amplified by American media. We've heard from people who have been pressured by employers to self-censor, or who have even lost their jobs because they've posted on social media calling for people to recognize the value of Palestinian lives. We've heard from students, teachers, and professors who have faced online smear campaigns, and instead of being protected and supported by their institutions, they've been surveilled or asked to leave campus under a guilty until proven innocent mentality. A few days ago, a Houston hotel that had been booked for the long-anticipated U.S. campaign for Palestinian rights conference gave in to external pressure from hate groups and canceled the conference, which was supposed to take place next weekend. We've heard of assaults, not only the tragic murder of the six-year-old Wadi and Fayoum, but even here in California, a knife drawn on a college student and a 13-year-old who was placed in a chokehold for spelling out free Gaza on a beach. My job is to help preserve the space for Americans to speak to their friends, family, classmates, and colleagues about this important issue. So that means my workday is laser-focused on backlash. But I still see space for hope. 
Alongside the dozens and dozens of requests for legal support, we're also receiving dozens of messages from lawyers who want to volunteer, who want to ensure that the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice. I feel hope because despite all this intense backlash, people are continuing to speak out and to organize and to protest because they really have no other choice. I've spoken with so many people in crisis in the past week who tell me despite the personal costs they're facing, despite the fear and the uncertainty, they wouldn't go back and be silent because they couldn't have taken that. They couldn't have stood silently and watched the immense injustice we're seeing, the indiscriminate killing, the mass displacement, the targeting of civilian infrastructure. Thank you for that. Uh, thanks to our uh, donors today, Billy Beach from Santa Monica, Adele from LA, Randy Ziegler from Santa Monica, and Dolores from Carlsbad. Now, without your generous support, without your donations, KPFK and this program and this station won't be on air. I want to thank my Swana Collective co-members for uh, being here today. I want to thank our engineer, Gary, for helping us today. And don't forget to tune in next week to Middle East in Focus and show your support with them as well. And uh, thanks to our audience for being with us, David, Hamoud. Thank you so much, Nima. Please, in the last seconds that we have here, please do donate. It's great that we had four donations today. And please keep that rate of donation going. We need your support to keep this show on air. If you've appreciated our work over the year, please do call in now. In the last few minutes, we have 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. And press on line two to get to the donation center. Hamoud. Oh, it's a pleasure. This is, uh, we've been doing this for quite some time, and uh, this is high time for our listeners to come. They come in the past. It's a little bit challenging this time around, but I think we'll get there. This station, this independent voice must continue. Needs it's, to be on air. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for Reggae Central, right? Yes, absolutely. Reggae Central with Chuck Foster, a show we love, even though we wouldn't mind the extra hour this, this, this time of crisis. <laughs> <laughs>